This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. It's Lauren Jacobs here on Voice of Change on Radio K Pulpit 79 AM. And I'm so, so, so excited for the show today because it's going to be touching on human trafficking, human trafficking during COVID. Now, I know that we know a lot about human trafficking because it is something that we are talking quite a lot about and that people have been talking about for a number of years, really. And just raising this awareness and just knowing what's happening, being more proactive in our communities, hopefully, when it comes to issues of human trafficking. But human trafficking has become a major, major problem during COVID-19. And while people think that, you know, these kind of crimes probably died down a bit because there was a restriction in movement and we had the lockdowns and different entrance points to the country were locked down. This is not the case because, of course, we know that criminals are breaking the law every single day. So they are finding ways to, you know, get around the restrictions that have been placed on them. So human trafficking has increased during COVID and we need to talk about it. Also, January is Human Trafficking Prevention Month. So I'm going to be touching on what has been taking place in our country when it comes to human trafficking during COVID-19. I'm going to be joined by Bryony, who is the National Director of a global organization called Love Justice, which is also working in South Africa, doing amazing work in South Africa, and is also stationed in other countries around the world. And they are working very, very hard on the front lines to fight human trafficking. So she joins me after this. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be a great show, not only informative, but we're also going to be telling you about an app that Love Justice has created and launched during COVID that's going to help you, not just for human trafficking, but you personally. So don't go anywhere. So good to be here on Voice of Change today. National Director Bryony of Love Justice South Africa. Thank you so much for being with me on Voice of Change. And it's so good to have you with me today. How are you doing? Good, thank you. We always love having an opportunity to talk about these things that are really important to us. So thanks for having us. You know, Bryony, it's so interesting. We know that, you know, we're here in 2021 and it's looking very similar to 2020 with regards to so many things that are happening in our world. And we know that COVID and just this national and international kind of time that we're in just feels so very heavy. There's a lot that we're dealing with, you know, from a health perspective. But we know as well that you know, things like trafficking, whether it be human trafficking, drug trafficking, crime, it's not going, it hasn't gone away just because we have a pandemic. And so what has really been happening, I'd love to just get further into understanding what has been actually happening in South Africa, you know, during 2020 specifically, we know we had different lockdowns, different levels of lockdowns, we ourselves fighting this pandemic, but what's been happening with regards to human trafficking? You know, we were so focused sometimes on COVID that we don't often focus on the other aspects. So, you know, did human trafficking trafficking kind of slow a little bit or was it just continuing? That's such a great question and a lot of people have kind of said to me during especially during the lockdown period when our movement was really restricted like oh you know um, at least trafficking must have decreased right 
And trafficking numbers, the exact numbers are always difficult to come across because it's such a sort of hidden crime. But certainly I don't believe that traffickers have ever obeyed the law before. And so I can't imagine that um, travel restrictions would have stopped them either. Um, so, yes, I think that there was definitely still stuff going on in the lockdowns especially. But certainly um, since then, I think anyone with sort of two eyes in South Africa would have noticed just the devastation that the original um, lockdowns really caused and how many jobs were lost, mm. how many people were retrenched, how many precarious workers really struggled to find um, sort of informal work. Um, and that has really, really had a huge impact on people's livelihoods, making people extremely vulnerable to traffickers and to the deceptions and lies that traffickers use to lure people into positions that they then can't get out of. And um, I think certainly the job aspect has really been highlighted in our work. Um, traffickers using fake jobs um, to convince people to go to a place or to a person or, you know, just give up their lives and really risk their lives to put food on the table for their families. And that's not to say that um, extremely poor people are the only targets of traffickers. Mm. Certainly any of us could potentially be manipulated and deceived by them. They are master manipulators. But I think that COVID really highlighted the extreme inequalities in our country um, and certainly had an impact on making people extremely vulnerable um, just to put food on the table. Mm. And that's so important what you just shared, because a lot of times people think, you know, of trafficking in a certain way. You know, we think sometimes of someone that's just sex trafficked or sitting in a house right now where they don't want to be and they're caught by traffickers. But it often happens, like you said, when someone is lured into a different province or away from their home or from, you know, specifically sometimes a rural area into the cities where there's so much more things happening and there's these false jobs that are advertised and then people are lured. So exactly like you just said, this is a reality that's probably going to become something that is is going to push trafficking up because like you said people are losing their jobs people have lost their jobs and you become very desperate in that situation and so isn't that something that maybe for the listeners as well they need to just maybe be aware of themselves you know if something if a job is advertised or there's a position or something sounds to be good to be true it often isn't right Exactly. It often is not true. You're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, um, people are lured into different kinds of trafficking through the fake offer of a job, through offering um, someone to migrate to for a better life and um, pretending to be in love and a relationship and um, promises that they'll be looked after possibly. And also, you know, fake offers to study abroad or to um, move to a city to study. So, Traffickers really do, they know exactly what to say. Um, people are desperate for what they're needing, what they're wanting for their lives, and they know kind of how to prey on people's sort of dreams for their lives as well, which is so sad. And it, mm. it may result in sex trafficking, but there's also various forms of trafficking, right? So there's um, domestic servitude and um, organ trafficking, there's forced begging and forced marriage, forced crime and labor. And then there's the 
the ones that affect children as well, child marriage, child labor, child sacrifice we're seeing in, in other countries a lot mm. um, and various forms of harmful cultural practices that people can't get out of. You know, we at Love Justice kind of define um, trafficking as being in a position where you can't refuse. Mm. Um, and so that sort of opens and broadens our understanding of what trafficking is. And I think the term modern day slavery is also very helpful um, when we consider just how broad uh, trafficking can be. Hmm. And it's so true. Sometimes we've heard stories as well of people who get children and then put the children on the street to beg as well. And it looks or they have children with them who aren't necessarily their children. Sometimes those children have been trafficked. And that's something that we as a society community need to be aware of as well. You know, or children are placed on the street to sell things, but those children don't actually want to be there. They're not even with their families or their parents. So I think that there's like you you explaining to us now there's so many different faces so to speak of trafficking and it can happen in so many different ways and I do believe that this is going to be something that we're going to have to as a society take so much more notice of we should be noticing that already but with COVID I think like you said it's going to place so much pressure on a lot of people you know financially and in the lifestyles that people have is going to be affected and is being affected so I'm sure that this is increasing trafficking I know. Totally. Like, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, go on. The hardest, the hardest part for me is that, um, and, and something we need to be really aware and cognizant of, is that there are just so little alternatives. So, like, mm. what breaks my heart is that for a lot of people, the decision to go, to risk everything, to go into a, a, a space where they know that they will be exploited. They may not know that they are going to be trafficked and can't leave, but certainly that they are willing to do so much for so little because there are no other alternatives. And I think we really need to start understanding that we need to find alternatives for people. Mm. Um, otherwise, we're going to have this heartbreaking situation where a trafficking situation may be someone's best opportunity for survival. And isn't that just horrendous? Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm wondering now as well, you know, sometimes we as individuals, we place the responsibility on government a lot of time, which is true because the government has to do something and, and, and has to intervene, has to provide those opportunities like you're talking about. But it also rests on our shoulders, I think, as well as faith communities, you know, as leaders, as people in society to become aware of what is happening and to help people find those alternatives in this nation that we're living in. We know that there's so many things that are becoming unsustainable in our in our nation. I know just this week I was reading something that said that over 50% of our population is on some type of governmental grant, you know, whether it be a child grant or whether it be an old age grant, over 50% of our population it cannot be sustained. So sometimes we are looking at government to provide those different alternatives. But is this something that we could be doing as societies and faith communities and just people in general to help protect other people from, like you said, you know, trafficking being their only option, being the best option or kind of seeking that work that's going to maybe result in trafficking. No one wants to be trafficked, but the desperation to have an income, to get that job or to, to enter even into a forced marriage situation might seem something that, you know, is so big, but it's something that people might be desperate for, so they have to do. 
is there something that we as human beings can do? You know, just people in society, individuals, because sometimes we have to take responsibility and then our faith communities as well. That's such a great question. And the, the first thing that comes to mind is, is I think starting with, with gratitude and just being aware of the many, many blessings and provisions that you individually, that your family and then that your church um, have been blessed with and the responsibility that we have as Christians to share those blessings. Mm. Those aren't ours to hoard. They aren't ours to keep. And I think it's so difficult in a time where so many of our lives have been impacted by um, COVID economically mm. um, and how we've all got a little bit less to, to go around, but how those of us who still have enough, we've still got space to share mm. um, and finding ways to do that, you know, is that in our businesses, do we, do we need to still make space for jobs? Um, how do we give generously at a time where it's so difficult and it requires real sacrificial giving? Um, how do we sow into NGOs and civil society organizations that are absolutely doing amazing work? And I think that COVID has just shown us just how many South Africans are part of NGOs that are doing great work. If you look at the extraordinary number of food parcels that went out from NGOs, not just the government. You see how governments and civil society, we have to work together. Mm. Um, we're wanting to sort of build the South Africa that we all envisage for, for everyone. And mm. um, that's kind of where I'm at in thinking about how do we rebuild from here. Mm. I love what you said, and I just completely echo what you said as well. I think that that was something that was actually really beautiful coming out in 2020 that we saw, like you said, so many different realities happening with people providing food, organizations doing so many things, but new organizations springing up as well, just delivering food and to help. And I think that there was more than enough to go around as well. You know, people were doing it, and we saw even here in Cape Town, I remember one of the people that I had on my show was Ladle of love and they were given the Cape Town Convention Center to have all the food that they gathered in this convention center which is a massive building and they were able to distribute food not only to vulnerable families but to homeless people and it was just incredible to see and that was just one person's vision to provide in this time and it's exactly like you're saying we can't hoard up for ourselves I know just this morning actually somebody phoned me and said Hey, Lauren, can you, you know, our business has to give with BEE. We have to give money, you know, this year. We want to give it to a trafficking organization. Can you give me three names of three trafficking organizations we want to give money, you know? And I was like, yes, 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 you're the names. <laughs> and, you know, there is still that responsibility that's falling on businesses and people. And there are people that still want to give. And they're just wanting to know you know, how, where, and when, you know. And that also brings me to asking with Love Justice South Africa as well. It must have been pretty tough in 2020 as well to continue the organization and just continue not just the organization but the work that you are doing. So is there space for people, you know, even they are listening right now to, you know, help financially as well? Definitely. There is always room. Um, you know, in uh, the weeks, sort of at the beginning of COVID when it had really hit the world, 
um, a lot of our donors fell away quite quickly and we were scrambling. We were really stressed out about how this would impact our vision for the year. We are an organization that we want to grow, we want to expand, we constantly want to be starting new projects, going to new countries. Hmm. And so we had to kind of have a lot of serious meetings at the beginning of lockdown. But I'll give credit where credit is due. God is so amazing. I just know that he wants this work to happen and that he has been incredible in providing for this organization and sustaining us. And our plans for expansion are not stopping because he has been so amazing. And I think, you know, it's because the the Holy Spirit really prompts people to give at a time where giving is so difficult and where it requires sacrificial giving. And it doesn't matter how little or how big your gift is every month. If you can commit to a monthly gift to an organization like Love Justice or potentially one that's closer to your heart, I think it's it's just incredible how sustainable it can be and how it can really sustain an NGO to continue to do the work that they're doing on the ground. So absolutely, we really need individuals to come alongside us and empower us mm. to do this work and to continue to grow um, I think, you know, 2021, as you said in the beginning, is not looking that much different to 2020. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not stop now. Let's keep giving. Let's keep supporting people who are rebuilding and who are looking out for the most vulnerable. And if that's love justice, that's amazing. We would love to have you part of our community um, of, of givers. So you can go to our website to find those details. Mm, that's so awesome. And you know what? At the end of the show, we're going to give you all those details. And, you know, maybe you have, like Bryony said, you know what? It's not about how big or how small something is. It's about what, you know, having an open heart, being a cheerful giver and just, just giving that. And, you know, January is Human Trafficking Prevention Month. So this is a great time, you know, as we reach the end of the month, it's a great time to consider to even sow a pretty small seed. But when we get back, we are going to be talking about the amazing app that Love Justice has and what it is achieving and what's happening and so much more about this fight against trafficking. So don't go anywhere. I'll see you after this. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change on Radio Cape Pulpit. And it is so great to have you with me. If you've just joined me, I am being joined by National Director of Love Justice International, Bryony, who is talking to us about the theme of trafficking during COVID. Now, we've been covering a little bit about what has been happening in 2020. We know that, you know, what trafficking, human trafficking, whether it be crime, drug trafficking, these things have not gone away. In fact, like Bryony said, at the beginning of the show you know what if someone is breaking the law they're going to find more ways to continue to break that law so the truth of the matter is that you know trafficking has not died down and we are reaching a situation where people's lives have been changed their economic state has changed financially things are very very pressurized so we are and might see something that is going to result in you know us needing to be more awake to what is happening in our communities when it comes to trafficking. Now, Bryony, I really want you to talk to us about this incredible app that you guys have and what is the skinny on the app? Tell us all about it and, you know, what is it kind of achieving because it's quite exciting. It is very exciting. You know, it's, so it's called the Freedom App and um, it had been kind of sitting on the back burner for some time um, as an app that launched, but we didn't really have the time to really invest in it. And 
lockdowns happened and then we had the time, right? <laughs> so yeah. our module at Love Justice is called Transit Monitoring. And we really focus on early identification of potential victims of trafficking. And we do this because we really want to prevent trafficking from ever happening. We don't want a person to even be trafficked for a day. Mm. So that is our real focus at the organization is prevention of trafficking. And we do that by having teams on the ground where people are moving around. So in transit areas like airports, bus stations, train stations, land borders, those sorts of things. We have teams on the ground looking for signs of trafficking, talking to people, finding out where they're going, why they're traveling, what are they expecting on the other side, who's paid for their travel, why did this person have a vested interest. And lockdown happened and suddenly we, were, we weren't able to be on the ground. Mm. And so we realized that the Freedom app was our best opportunity to do what we do so well, but to do it digitally. And so the Freedom app, essentially just has a few very basic functions. It's not a fancy app at all. It's basic, but it does the trick. With the Freedom app, we've managed to um, prevent 22 people from being trafficked since July last year, wow. which is just one person um, a week uh, on average. And those people, I believe, have really been touched They've been well-educated on what trafficking is. And because we've really spent a lot of time talking to these people, time that we don't usually have with potential victims, I 100% believe that none of those 22 people will be re-trafficked or re-victimized, re-targeted in the future because they are so equipped with what they need. So the Freedom app, it has a little bit about what modern-day slavery is, it has a chat function where people can reach our um, sort of team of expert monitors to help them or to give them advice. It has a quiz that people can take to um, kind of give us all the information we need really quickly for us to assess whether they're safe or not and then to respond with sort of um, assistance if they need it. And then it has a panic button. This whole app is completely free, but most importantly, the panic button is free. Anyone can download this app set up the panic button. And if you're ever in a situation where you need rescuing, you press this panic button and private security will be mobilized to mm. come rescue you. So it's not its not going to solve trafficking for everyone. It's definitely um, a niche app, I guess. You know, people with cell yeah. phones, people with data. Um, the, the panic button uh, requires people to be near some kind of private security, right? Yeah. But certainly it's helping us reach a particular demographic of people that also need help. So it's been really amazing to have worked on this for the last couple of months. Mm. And this is incredible work because developing an app takes, you know, quite a lot of time, like you alluded to. But also just to hear that people's lives have been saved is incredible. Now, how do people download the app is, like you said, I know it's for free. Do they just go on the app store? You know, what exactly do they type in to find it? So it's called the Freedom App and it is available on Google Play. Um, this is sort of the first... Uh, most viable product of the app. And so we will certainly roll it out further um, on iOS as it grows. But at the moment, we reckon that a lot of South Africans um, have smartphones and they, a lot of them have Android. So we reckon that that's 
was the, the first port of call. But yes, it's on Google Play. It's called The Freedom App and you can easily find it. Hmm. I love the idea of the panic button because that's so important. I actually have one on my phone, but I do pay for it every month. So it's so important because you know what? If you also need that, then you can just download the Freedom app from Google Play and you can get it on your phone. And that is so incredible. You know, Bryony, I also wanted to ask you, you were talking about the monitors and that's something big that I love about Love Justice. You know, the monitors that are at different, you know, so to speak, ports of call, airports, all over and monitoring, like you said, asking those necessary questions and just, you know, kind of feeling out the situation. This is a huge work that Love Justice does and it's something that I absolutely love because it's something that I think we need and so much here in South Africa as well. You know, how are things now with certain border crossings that have been closed in South Africa under the lockdown level three restrictions? We know that the president this month has closed certain other land crossings due to the COVID reality. Has that affected the work that you guys have been able to do on the ground at all yes it certainly has um there have been some limitations but at the same time um it's also given us the time that we need to have really invested in this app it's also given us time to go back and have conversations with various government departments about how do we work together going forward so in a way it's been a good time for us to take a step back look at our operations, figure out how to be more strategic going forward, to have those conversations, to set up things um, sort of better and more sustainably going forward. And, you know, our monitors are amazing. Like, I really want to use this opportunity to really honor them. Mm. They, despite the pandemic, still go out every day and are talking to people, trying to find the very least of these trying to find the people that need their help the most. They are so unafraid. And I think that comes from sort of, you know, just being in the space to begin with. I think that their courage and their their braveness is just so incredible. They really are the superstars of our organization. And across Africa and across Southeast Asia where we're operating, most of the monitors have been active during these lockdowns in the various countries. And so the work really hasn't stopped on a global space. It may have had some pauses here and there, and Mm. it may have changed the way in which we do things slightly, but certainly our monitors are still on the ground and still looking for the least of these. Mm, I love that because we want to take this moment right now and actually also just honor the monitors that are out there because interacting with people and just being around people at this time is something that a lot of, you know, people are actually avoiding. But to go out there and to be looking, like you said, for the least of these, to be monitoring the situation, checking it out, asking the necessary questions. Wow, this is absolutely incredible work and we just honor all of them all over the world that are working. And I have no doubt that, like you said, even though there's been some pauses, a little bit of pauses along the way with different lockdowns in different countries, the work is still continuing and that's amazing. And so I really wanted to ask, you know, what is the vision of Love Justice South Africa specifically for this year, 2021? I think it's been so hard. A lot of people have said, you know, they had vision for this year and they have these things that they want to do and all of these realities. And sometimes it seems like it, it has to pause somewhat sometimes or sometimes it's just like we don't know what's going to happen but what do you guys have fresh vision from God has he been just instilling things in your guys hearts you know to just say this is what's going to happen and the visions that you guys have the expansions that you have in mind is going to happen has God been just refreshing you guys with the new things 
Completely. I think towards the end of last year, we were so blessed to really receive um, answers to our prayers. And we had been praying um, for sort of partnerships with really important um, or significant government departments who can really stand to make a difference in this area. And we've been so blessed to have come across the right people and to have gotten um yeah, some new projects in store for us this year that I'm really excited about. You know, we really want to invest in this Freedom app even more and to see how many more people we can reach in South Africa. We've had a very um, sort of small reach thus far. And so I just know that the more people we have on the ground, um, the more we're using social media to find people that we will find those who need us um, sort of at that moment. And then I think another thing that, that COVID really sort of lit a fire underneath us for was um, to help people rebuild their own lives and livelihoods. And so kind of towards the end of last year piloted um, sort of some options for entrepreneur training, for job readiness training, for those kinds of things and trying to partner individuals with sort of mentors, people who've got their back, people who can help them, people who can use their networks um, to help people find jobs, to help people build small businesses because we really believe that, um, you know, if people have – money to buy food to put on the table for their families that they are less likely to be vulnerable and to be targeted by traffickers so that's become really important to us in the last couple of months um, and something that i'm looking forward to developing and building in 2021 mm. That's so amazing. That's so cool. Connecting people together. And I love this idea as well. And maybe that's something that we can put out to the listeners today. You know what? Maybe you have those skills. You know, maybe you have those networks. And maybe you want to share that with Love Justice. And so, Bryony, how can people, you know, connect with Love Justice? Like we said earlier on, even if they wanted to sow something during January, National Human Trafficking Prevention Month, or maybe they just want to share something or they have networks or they're interested in getting in touch. Is there a website? social media how can they connect absolutely we are everywhere so we have um a website that's uh, lovejustice.ngo and on there you can find our contact details pop us an email um and we can definitely have chats we love it when people are willing to not only just sort of share their resources but certainly to share their networks to mm. share their time um I would love people to volunteer to assist on the Freedom app. You know, you don't need to know a lot about trafficking. We have all the materials. We do training. Um, but just to yeah, get your feet on the ground in communities where you believe there may be people being vulnerable um, to being trafficked, I would love to work with you to see how we really spread word, not only about trafficking, um, but about the Freedom app and connecting vulnerable people to love justice would be so helpful. So, yeah, if you have networks, if you're willing to give up your time, if you're willing to bring your church and get your church involved um, with love justice, we would love all of those those opportunities to build our South African community. Mm lovejustice.ngo and you know what that is so so cool if you know what sometimes in our churches we actually need to have a dedicated day to human trafficking and I know that there are churches worldwide that are actually doing this on one specific day but it's so important to be speaking about human trafficking and to be making people in the congregation aware of human trafficking aware of the signs aware of what's happening tell them about the freedom app even so maybe you want to get in touch with love justice to invite somebody over 
over to your church from Love Justice to talk about what's happening. I really, really encourage you to do that because our faith communities, especially in South Africa, have such a powerful, important role to play in fighting injustices, in reaching the least of these, in helping the oppressed. It is our mandate. And so I believe that we need to get involved and to do that. And so, Bryony, I want to say thank you so much for being here today, for sharing so much with us. And thank you so much for the amazing work that you are doing, that Love Justice is doing and for the continued work that I know that God is going to do through this amazing organization in the years to come, but also maybe even in the decades to come. And so thank you so much and bless you in abundance. We pray that God will just continue to increase the beautiful work with his goodness that you are all doing. Oh, Lauren, thank you. Thank you for your heart for this work as well. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Take care. With the reality of COVID, we also see, as we spoke about with Bryony, you know, that there's different realities now facing people. When we think about COVID-19, we know that there have been economic realities that have taken place. We know that people have lost their jobs and people are now looking for new work. We have the financial issues. We have people moving around and we know that there are these different realities. So please, if you are in that position or you know someone else who is in that position and you are offered a job that sounds too good to be true, please take that advice on board as Bryony shared with us that you know what if it is too good to be true and it looks too good to be true then it isn't true so don't just you know go on out there and take anything also please inform your friends and family just to be safe during this time as well you know not only this time we saw that viral video that got out you know about a year ago where you know someone was sitting in that restaurant with a child and one a kidnapper human trafficking person came and just tried to grab that child in broad daylight and we were heralding that man that had such a quick reflex he you know was hailed as a hero you know for saving that child's life these things are happening we don't need to be afraid but we need to just be aware and also don't forget about this amazing freedom app that you can download only at the moment on google on android phone so you can go on over to get that and then you have that free panic button which is also so empowering you know we we have these paid for panic buttons and these things on our phones but it's really really good we need these things there's a free panic button on the freedom app so don't forget to go on over and download that you know it has been so great to hear all of these amazing people that are really fighting on the front lines as well during this time of COVID. We know that there are so many realities and I really want to honor, you know, the women and the men tonight who are doing such incredible work because there are so many different places to be monitored when it comes to human trafficking and things that need to be thought about. So I really want to take some time, you know, to just think about that and to honor them and say thank you to them publicly here on Radio Cable. But tonight, we really say thank you to all the people who have been doing such important work during this time of COVID. So from me, stay safe, be blessed. You know, God is with you. You are underneath his wings and he is just a safe place and a sanctuary for you and your family. I pray blessings over you. Thank you for being with me today on Voice of Change and I'll see you next week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.carepulpit.co.za